Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everybody and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. I'm Sonny here, hosting with, as usual, Caleb. All right, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to jump right on into it. Uh, right. Starting off with uh, this weekend, which is uh, uh, June twelfth, is the North American Remote Duel Invitational for June. Just to start with. Yeah, that's the, so the extravaganza or the invitational will be, you said June twelfth or thirteenth, twelfth and thirteenth. Yep. Okay, so this episode's going up Friday, June eleventh. Yeah. So, that, so. so yeah, so it starts t- tomorrow as you're listening. Right, and you said this is which region? North America. North America. Okay, so this is us. Yep, that is us. Um, you can actually watch it on YouTube, and it'll be streaming on Twitch. Okay, perfect. Yep. Uh, we do have the list of the sixteen duelists, but. We got so much else to talk about. We're just going to kind of. We'll we'll touch on it more at the end because we're going to hit some more competitive stuff at the end. Yeah. Uh, talk about the other other extravaganzas and things like that oh, that yeah. have taken place well, recently. We'll slide go back around. Yeah. Uh, next off, um, we have the next astral language monster number seventeen Leviathan Dragon. I think this is cool. I, I liked the astral language Utopia, and I like the astral language Leviathan Dragon that's coming. I think it it'll looks be so cool. Yeah, it, it does look cool. I, I love the astral language stuff. Um, I think a time will come. So, um, the Leviathan Dragon has a ghost rare, but I think for those building max rarity plant synchros, this will automatically jump to the max rarity of Ash, of um, Leviathan Dragon. Uh, oh yeah, most oh yeah, absolutely. Um, now there is that stipulation, the same with Utopia, where you have to have an a a proper language copy on you at all times. Yeah, but for plant synchro format, I mean, we all know. 
we all know. I mean, everyone knows what he does, but it's still part of the rules that you have right. to have one. If you if you do, for some reason, use this in your actual competitive deck. I mean, with Utopia, right. it's still kind of used on a rare occasion now. Leviathan Dragon, much less so. Right. It is what it is. Um, next thing to talk about is... The, so, the third 2021 booster set got announced, which is Battle of Chaos. So That sounds very Yu-Gi-Oh. It sounds very Yu-Gi-Oh. So... We just got Lightning Overdrive. The next set is Dawn of Majesty, and then this will be the next core set after Dawn of Majesty. Oh yeah. We don't have any spoilers yet for what's going to be in the set or anything like that. All we know is the name. Yep. Oh yeah. Which every it seems I think every set that has chaos in the name has impacted the meta in a meaningful way. If not immediately, then at some point down the road. Even I know people are going to say, "Well, chaos impact sucked." Well, if you go back and look at it, a lot of the cards that are relevant in the meta today, things like Starly, Schaefer, and there are others. I don't know the entire set list off the top of my head. I wasn't even in the game at the time, but yeah, lot, lot, there's lots of impactful cards in that set. Oh, yeah. And, so, I mean, just think of Invasion of Chaos. Yeah. I mean, one of the most impactful sets of all time. Easily. Easily within the top three. Right. Um, Actually, I think we have a top five list of that. I think three of them would all have Chaos in the name. For the most impactful sets of all time? Yeah. I don't know, but we're we're gonna do that later. Well, yeah, we should. That's yeah. still, anyway. That's still so, something interesting. Anyway, so this these next ones. I know, I know. Let, okay, I'll say this because then you're okay. gonna go on a. Let rant. me get a drink of water before I do this. Yes. First off, mm, the structured X Cyber Strike has been pushed back to October eighth. Legendary Duel Singer Storm has been pushed back to January twenty first. Six full month no, pushback. It's the twentieth in Europe and the nineteenth in America. Yeah. There we go. So, okay. Go ahead. Me me and Caleb had this discussion earlier today. We were doing show notes, and we always record about two days in advance. We record the Friday's episodes on Wednesdays. Gives me a full day to, rec- to edit, edit all that. things like that. <sighs> I'm not happy. Not happy is an understatement. I am infuriated. This is an absolute atrocity. This is an absolute kick in the balls for TCG players. I, listen, we try to keep the show as PG as we can. The little ears, you need to cover them here for a minute. This is a disgrace. This is a travesty. This is unacceptable. We as the TCG player, we as the TCG community, the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG community, because keep in mind, this stuff's not getting delayed in the OCG. They're getting, they're already three months ahead of us. They're getting even further ahead of us. Listen. They pushed back King's Court a week. Maybe two. Fine, that's, whatever. That, that's fine. They pushed back Lightning Overdrive a week or two. It happens. I understand. They pushed back the Megatons until, I think, September or October. Later than usual, but it is what it is. That's a few weeks. But we're talking about the Cyber Strike Structure Deck. A deck that had a TCG release date of July 28th. In North America, getting pushed back to October 6th. That is three months. That is not a small amount of time. This is not this is not a small pushback. Then the Synchro Storm set. I set that from July 14th. This is a set. This set was not yeah, it's three months away. We'll push it back another three months. No, 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 no. This set was like six weeks away or less. And they're pushing it back six 
months. This is unprecedented and this is unacceptable. We need a statement from Konami. We need to hear from the company. What is causing these delays? We have an idea. We have word through the grapevine that it's an issue with the company that makes the cards and prints the cards. They cannot get the materials they need because of things happening in the global economy. If that's the case, then tell us. Give us a statement. Give us something. Give us a reason that you cannot print these cards. And if you cannot print them, give us something. Give us some kind of reason to be happy and hopeful for this game. We as a community, constantly, they say they say it rolls downhill and we are at the bottom of this hill. I am flabbergasted. I, I cannot begin to describe my disappointment in this company. You need to plan ahead. Your business is printing trading cards. If your business is printing trading cards, you need to plan for when it's going to be difficult to print trading cards. I cannot fathom the stupidity of a company that makes trading cards telling us they're not making trading cards. I understand. In the global economy... And the current times of COVID, things are hard. But you got to do better than this. A six-month delay? You can't tell me that they couldn't get the stuff for a set and they had to delay it six months. You can't tell me you know for a fact that for six solid months, you're not going to be able to print anything. We're already going to be behind. We're already behind the OCG. Why? At this point, just take all the sets for the next six months, pile them into one giant set, release it in January, and just catch us up with the OCG. Honestly, just release everything that we don't have that the OCG has in January in one ginormous set and let it be done. I'm so sick of this. Okay, I'm done with my rant. Okay, uh, moving on uh, to a little, something a little more positive. Uh, Did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, you pretty much said everything I was going to say. Okay. Only with much nicer language. Well, as hard as it is, we do try to keep it somewhat, PG at best. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that even in a PG rating, you can say you can say a kick in the balls. Yeah, a Shrek got away with all kinds of stuff. I think it was oh. PG. Oh yeah. Anyway, so for those of you who really like Utopia, <laughs> oh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, there's uh, some cool stuff coming in this. Oh yeah. So first off, we had all the cool Utopia stuff and Lightning Overdrive, and then there's the and then there's there's the Utopia structure deck. I think is a structure starter deck. I think it's a structure deck. Well, anyways, first off. There's an entire Yeah, new... it's a structure deck. Okay, cool. It's a structure deck. So, first, so it's going to be better. Than, it's actually going to be some good stuff in there. So I mean, this for... is the good stuff. Yes. First off, we got... Well, it's the new stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got ZS Utopic Sage, rank 4. Um, 22,000 attack, 2,500 defense. Um, detach 2. Special summon a ZW or ZS monster from your deck. Uh, and then you're locked into Exceed Summoning. Oh, no. Also, you could... Oh, not just Exceed Summoning. You can only exceed into number monsters for the rest of the turn. Oh, so you're locked into numbers. Yes, that, that could be good, that could be bad. Some of the number monsters are really good. Some of them are quite bad. Looking well, at you, baby Tarragon. Considering the new cover card for this structure deck who is, is not a number monster. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right, he isn't. But you can summon him and then, yeah, but... Ultimate know. Traconic Utopia Ray from Lightning Overdrive. Right, right. It's treated as a number monster yeah. at all times. Oh, yeah. So he can still go into him if you really wanted to. Right. Um, But then you're locked in exceeding uh, into number monsters. Also, you can only attack with number monsters for the turn. 
Um, I guess that's all right. It's meh. I yeah. mean, you're locked into exceed summoning only number monster has to turn on as well. Um, in addition, if a Utopia and or Utopic exceed monster you control whose original attribute is light, other than itself will be destroyed by a ballot card effect, you can banish this card from your field or graveyard instead. So not only that, it also protects your Utopia monsters. Hmm. Pretty good. Not great, but good. Let's see. What else we got here? Uh, we got Contract of Destiny, Continuous Trap. Um, you can only use this card second, effe- effe- uh, second effect once per turn. Uh, each time a card you control is drawn by battle or card effect, place an Emperor Key counter on this card. Maximum one. Hmm. Um, if your opponent special summons a monster from the extra deck, you can remove an Emperor Key counter from this card, send... One, the door of destiny from your hand deck or f- face up on your field to the graveyard. And if you do, special summon a light utopia or utopic exceed monster from your extra deck. And then attach this as material. It has an exceed summon. Wait, 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 wait. What is the door of destiny? Is that a card that's in this set? Do we already have this card? We already have. We've had this card. What is it? What does it do? Um. So, so door of destiny is a trap monster. Fiend light. It's specifically designed to go help you go into other utopia monsters. You would think that this would have been in the show notes. Yes, I didn't think about it. So <laughs> um, but it's it's the thing is is that because it's from a hand deck or gra- or graveyard or hand deck or face up on the field, I'm picking with you, buddy. I know that's why I'm just kind of glossing over it. Anyway, like I was saying, uh, because it's from a hand deck or face up on your field, it's not it's not great. It's not terrible. Um, you know, because at least you don't have to have all you don't have to draw both the door of destiny and this card. But I mean, at least it's a free. I mean, you can send it from your hand deck or field to the graveyard to, to summon a Utopia monster from your extra deck. I mean, oh, yeah. it's a free summon. Or Utopic. Yeah. Good Good thing uh, Zaxel got banned. Ooh, yeah, let's not talk about that. Because you could cheat, because you could absolutely cheat, cheat out, you know, Utopic Zexel. Yeah, and then attach this to it as material, and then you've got an instant, like, negate everything on your opponent's field. Yep, during their turn, because this is a trap card. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's also cool. Uh, I'm 99 sure they'll have the. I'm 99.9 sure they're going to have the door of destiny in the structure in the structure deck as well. Yeah, that's a that's a really good card though. That's going to be good for the strategy. I mean, and, it's more reactive than anything. Oh yeah. It and it, it is in the structure deck. It's in the uh, the league that door of destiny is in. The structure okay, deck. cool, good, good, good. Uh, and then the card that a lot of people are really excited about that I'm personally excited about: numbers protect, counter trap. You can only use. Uh, one of this first and second effects this card's name per turn, only once that turn. One, when a spell or trap or monster effect is activated, you control a number exceed monster, negate and destroy. Omni negate. Gone. God and says no. Off of a counter trap is really good. Oh yeah, literally God says no, and the only stipulation that you have to control a number exceed monster. I mean, realistically, in this deck, that's not that wild. Uh, two... If a number exceed monster you control is controlled by battle or by card effect, and this card is in your graveyard, you can set it to your field, but banish it when it leaves. So it recurs itself. Yeah, so you're essentially running six copies of it in your deck if you max out on three. That's not bad. Not at all, especially since it's an Omnigate with its only stipulation being you control a uh, number monster. However, you, c- you can only activate one of these once per. T- you can only activate one of these per turn. Yeah, and this this deck also announced that there are a few reprints coming, at least in the OCG version of the deck. Um, some so some of the reprints are number thirty nine Utopia Double, good reprint. Gaga Ga Sister, ZW Lightning Blade, ZW Tornado Bringer, ZW Assure Strike, Kage to Kage, 
Gaga Guy Academy Emergency Network, Door of Destiny, there it is. Halfway to Forever, number 99, Utopic Dragon. That's a good reprint. Ooh, that is a good reprint. Especially for this structure deck. That'll be good. Uh, number 32, Shark Drake. And number 62, Galaxy Eyes Prime Photon Dragon. Also another good set of reprints. Oh, yeah. I mean, Shark Drake. I mean, Shark Drake's also a good card. Yeah, I have a feeling that everything in this structure deck, as far as the uh, extra deck stuff, except for the cover card, which is apparently not a number monster. Yeah. Uh, everything else is good. Which they can't really print any more number monsters now that they've done the complete number file in the OCG. Yeah. They're kind of locked into whatever number monsters they have. That's it. They're done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. But I do like how they're kind of getting around, skirting around that a little bit by just saying this monster. Or it's treated as a number monster. Yeah, it's yeah. treated as this number monster uh, with Dragonic Utopia Ray. Um, right. But I mean, haven't yeah? But I mean, they've also already printed over a hundred numbers. They're only supposed to be hundred originally. And then they made yeah. the above 100, one hundred, one one hundred one to one uh, to one ten. And chaos numbers. Yeah, and then the chaos numbers, and then there's the uh, one thousand and all that. Yeah, and, then and some of them literally just have multiple monsters for the same number. Oh yeah, that's that was the concept they had in the anime of the fake number monsters. Oh. They were false because mem- all the number monsters are memories oh. of the astral world. Oh. Yeah, uh, so there were the fake number monsters, which were just now getting the fake uh, number three and number four. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what that big water number exceed monster is. It's the fake number. Oh, okay, I got but you. number, But, like, the Numeron gates are the actual numbers one, two, three, and four. Oh, see, that was what exactly I was going to bring up, too, because I think there was, like, a different number three or something like yes, that. that. Yeah, uh, the real numbers is number one, two, three, and four. The fake ones gotcha. is gotcha. the Numeron gates. Um, with S zero being number zero. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, basically being the main, basically being the memory of the main character. Yeah. So, just moving on past this a little bit, uh, we had the announcement of a new archetype, which is the Flunderies. Kind of wild, is what it what it is. Oh yeah. So first off, um, to start off this entire archetype, we have two level ten monsters. Uh. Flunderies X Mpen and Flunderies X. Uh, I just saw it and I've lost it. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it here. It's not listed. It's not on the. Ah, okay. So there's two of them. Uh, one here, of them is a I water. Got it. I got it. Oh, what is it? Uh, Snowl. Flunderies X sna- uh, Snowl. Like yeah. Snow Owl. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, so basically. Uh, Impen is water, Snow is wind, and they're both level 10 winged beasts. Tell you what, you do all the wind ones, I'll do all the water ones. Fair enough. Uh, in that case, we'll start with Impen. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so, uh, level 10, uh, wind, oh, this one's actually wind, wind winged beast, effect monster. Yeah, that's monster. why I said go for it. Okay, uh, 2700 <laughs> attack, 1000 defense. If this card is tribute summoned, you can add one Flundery spell or trap from, spell or trap from deck to hand, then immediately after this effect resolves, you can normal summon a monster. Okay. Two. While this tribute summon monsters on the field, your opponent's special summoned monsters in attack position cannot activate their effects. Rip. Three. If this card battles an opponent's monster during damage calculation, you can banish one card from your hand. That opponent's monster's current attack and defense become have till end of this turn. Now, the whole thing about the banish part is that's not really a cost for this deck, and we'll get into that very shortly. Yeah, you're going to understand that really soon. So, the next one is Flunderies X Snowl. Snowl? I don't know. I would say Snowl, but it looks it's Snow Owl, very clearly. Uh, it's a level 10 water winged beast effect monster, 2900 attack, 800 defense. Once per turn, if you control this tribute summoned card, you can activate this effect. You can conduct three normal summon slash sets this turn, not just one. It literally says not just one in the text. Oh yeah. Uh, 
While this tribute summon monster is on the field, if your monster attacks a defense position, monster inflict piercing battle damage. And third effect, once per turn, once per opponent's turn, quick effect, you can banish one card from your hand. Change all opponents' special summoned monsters to defense position. It's face down defense position, isn't it? Well, yeah. Did I did I not say? No, you didn't say face down. Oh. Yeah, it's face down defense position. It's ultimate conductor Tyranno's effect. Yeah, except it's actually better. Well, I wouldn't say it's better for you. I guess Tyranno's good for dinos because it destroys. But this is great because as we get into some of the uh, level one monsters, which the next. The next four monsters announced for the archetype are all level one. And surprisingly enough, um, Bird Up can't, uh, Bird Up and Lyrilisk can't use these at all. And you'll see why here in a second. Um, the next one is Flunderese X Rabina. It is a level one water winged beast effect monster, 600 attack, 1200 defense. You can only use the first and third effects of this card's name once per turn, each once per turn. Also, you cannot special summon the turn after you activate either of those effects. So, if this card is normal summoned, you can add one level 4 or lower winged beast monster from your deck to your hand. Then immediately after this effect resolves, you can normal summon one winged beast monster. So you can normal summon... Add any level 4 or lower Winged Beast monster, and then immediately normal summon another Winged Beast. So, and it does, here's the thing is, that search does not lock you into the archetype. Oh no, it's just you have to search for a Winged Beast, and then you can normal summon a Winged Beast. Right, so... Any Winged Beast. Right, so the next effect, if this card leaves the field, banish it, which you see... Uh, here's the third effect, and this is where all the banishing kind of comes into uh, effect. If, if a Winged Beast monster is normal summoned to your field while this card is banished, you can add this card to your hand. So the normal summon search and the add to hand if it's banished are both the hard once per turns. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Flunderese X Eaglin. Uh, lo- level 1 win Winged Beast. 800 attack, 1,000 defense. By the way, all these monsters have the exact same combined attack and defense of 1,800. That's... Really? Yes. Uh, if you look at Rabina, 600, 1,200. Yeah, yeah. I never would have put that together. I see that now that you're saying it. That's, there's a very specific card as to why they're doing that, I imagine. Oh. Uh, okay, so Eaglin. When it's normal summoned, you can add a level 7 or higher Winged Beast monster from your deck to your hand. Immediately after this effect resolves, normal summon a Winged Beast monster. Yeah, first and third effects once per turn also. Oh, yeah. Uh, if this card leaves the field, banish it. If a Winged Beast monster is normal summoned to your field while this card is banished, add this card to your hand. Again. Basically, all of all of the um, level 1 Flunderese X monsters all have those last two effects. Right. But then they have a when normal summon, you get X effect, and then you can normal summon another Winged Beast on top of that. Right, but, so... But then you're locked out of special summoning for the turn. Yeah. But, I mean... To be able to normal summon over and over and over and over and, and flood tr- the field with normal summons. And also tribute summons. Right. So, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, just between those two cards, you can you can search for any Winged Beast, not levels 5 or 6. Right. Um, Just off of that, my immediate thought goes to, you got Barrier Statue of the Storm Winds, who's a level 4 Winged Beast... Um, a lot of the Harpy cards are level 4. Yeah, uh, but uh, but they all require special summoning, except Harpy Dancer and Harpy Harpist, 
Which have normal sound Harpy, effects. I think Harpy Perfumer. I heard somebody else talk about this. Yeah, yeah. The, the any of the Harpy Harpy ladies who on normal summon get something off. Um, for instance, Harpy Dancer. When it's normal summoned, you can return a wind monster on your field to your hand to the normal summon a wind monster. So Harpy Dancer is just a one card convert that convert that winged beast normal summon into a wind normal summon. Right. Um, so that's so there. So then you also have access to the full wind archetype as well. Um, non-searchable wind anyway, because you only search for winged beasts. Uh, let's see. Uh, for level sevens, I mean, you have Dark Samorg. Um, really, any of the Samorg stuff, actually, just about. Uh, Ryza the Mega Monarch is searchable with his deck. Right, cause right. Because he, he's a level seven winged beast. I think, to me personally. Uh, like you said, the Dark Samori, all that, that's all very interesting. The thing that really, really is interesting to me is the synergy with this deck and the Harpy deck. I don't know if it'll turn into anything, but I do think it's interesting because it allows you, if I'm not mistaken, one of the Harpy cards allows you to search a Harpy spell or trap, and... It'll allow you to search the Harpy Featherstorm. Oh, yeah. So, And then even if you hard draw it, as long as you have a Winged Beast, its primary effect is active. Right. And if you just so happen to also, through, you know, Normal Summon Rabina, effect, search for Harpy, Harpy Dancer, Normal Summon Harpy Dancer, and then flip it, you then get both of its effects. Well, because well, the second effect is you control Harpy Monster, you just activate it out of your hand. Right. And then it just, blank, and it just blanks your opponent's entire field. Yep, until the end of this turn, negate any monster effects your opponent activates. Yep. Think about that. Any monster effects they activate. Oh, no yeah. Ash, no Nibiru, no none of that. I mean, you can literally, if you can, if you have a Harpy on your field, you can activate it from your hand, and your opponent cannot hand trap you. And then, and then after it goes, and then if, just, and then even then, if you decide not to activate and just leave it sitting on your field, your opponent nukes it, you either get to search or recur Harpy's Feather Duster. From your deck or graveyard to your hand. Yeah. I mean, that's, the ability to search Harpy's Feather Duster, depending on the matchup, is, could be insane. Oh yeah, uh, search or recur, keep in mind, meaning that even in, uh, even in a game where you activate it and they solemn judgment it, you can then do it again. Yeah. So as crazy as all that is... We still have two more to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the next one is Flunderies X Stritch, which is very clearly an Ostrich uh, card. It's a level one water winged beast effect monster, 700 attack for 1100 defense. Which, 1800 combined, baby. Yeah. Uh, you can only use the first and third effects once per turn. Also, you can special summon this turn to activate these effects. If this card is normal summoned, you can target one card in either graveyard, banish it, then immediately after this effect resolves, you can normal summon one winged beast monster. So it allows you to DD Crow. Normal summon. Second effect, if it's if it leaves the field, banish it. Uh, third effect, if a winged beast monster is normal summoned to your field while this card is banished, you can add this card to your hand. So it continues. This one's probably not as good as the other ones, but the ability to normal summon DD Crow stuff is could be really good. Oh yeah. On the matchup. Oh yeah. Outside of just searching for DD Crow with Rabina, but right. Um, it's also another name for the normal summon recursion. Right. Uh, the next we have, the last monster we have right now is Flunderies X Tokan. Which is a toucan ripoff. It's a toucan. Yeah. Uh, 500 attack, 1300 defense, 1800. Um, its normal summon effect is you can target one of your banished Flunderies cards and add them to your hand. 
immediately after this effect resolves, a normal summon one Wiggy Beast monster. Seems pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just more recursion, because then you get a second, uh, a second shot at one of your names. Nice. Um, granted, you can't get their normal summon effect off again, but you still have access to it should you need it for whatever reason. Even just right. to add it to hand, just to hold, then save it for next turn. Because with these normal summon effects, you don't have to normal summon the, the monster you add. Wow. It's just normal summon. Any, so I can normal summon Rabina, search for Eaglin, and then uh, the normal summon to summon a Harpy Dancer. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, just for example. Um, let's see. The next up, we got the two spell cards. You want to do the first one? I did the second and one. And the pair of traps. Yeah, I'll do the first. Uh, okay. First off, we have the field spell. Thunderese and the Mysterious Map. I also love the, the, the names for these. But the name, the artwork, everything. Yeah. Um, you can only use its first and second effects once per turn. During your main phase, you can reveal a one level one Flunderese in your hand. If you do, banish a Flunderese card with a different name from your deck, then normal summon the revealed monster. So this is an instant plus one, because when you banish and then you normal summon, when you normal summon, that banished one's coming back to your hand. And then normal summon effect, normal summon it immediately, plus, plus just more pluses for free. Oh, dude, it's the freest. It's so good. Uh, two, if your opponent normal summons a monster... You can, immediately after this effect resolves, normal summon a Flunderese monster. So, here's the interesting thing is, this is the only thing in the entire deck that locks you in archetype. Literally the only thing. Yeah. And even then, it doesn't lock you, it's just, you can. it's the only time where it says it specifically has to be a Flunderese and not just a winged beast. Right, so this can immediately turn around and get all your stuff going on your opponent's turn, too. Oh yeah, and it can very quickly get out of hand. Get, get way out of hand. Um, particularly if you go into uh, Impen. I think it's Impen. No, not Impen. The other one, um, who just kind of blanket negates your opponent's special summon monsters. Yeah, uh, the Snowl. Yeah, Snowl. So the next spell card is Flunderies and the Unknown Wind. It is a continuous spell card. Uh, the first effect is not once per turn. The second effect is. First effect, you can conduct a tribute summon that requires two tributes by sending one monster you control and one card your opponent controls to the graveyard instead of tributing. It is still treated as a tribute summon. Not monster. Card. Yeah, and that effect is not once per turn. Yep, so you can just keep sending your opponent stuff to the graveyard. As long as you have more normal summons, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, considering the deck generates as tons of normal summons, is broken. Oh, uh, yeah. The second effect... Uh, during your main phase, you can reveal up to two Winged Beast monsters in your hand and place them on the bottom of your deck in any order, then draw the same number of cards. So so if you have multiples of the same name, you can put them back in the deck. And, and then just Pot Agreed. Yeah, and hopefully get new, and hopefully get some new names. It's not really Pot Agreed because it's not a plus one. It's a one for one. Well, a two for two in this case. But you're still replacing two cards and let you dig in to grab... A card we'll talk about later, possibility. Because, I mean, by the time we get this archetype, we'll probably already have this other, this other card, too. Right. Um, and then we have two traps, a normal and a counter trap. You do the normal trap, because I want to do the counter trap. Oh, okay. Uh, the normal trap is Flunderies in the City of Dreams. Uh, first effect, uh, you can only activate the second effect once per turn. First effect, uh, during the main phase, immediately after this card resolves, normal summon one level four or lower winged beast type monster. Second effect... Okay, yeah, so, okay. Second effect, if you tribute a level 7 or higher monster while this card is in your graveyard, you can banish this card, change all monsters your opponent controls to face it on defense. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just right off the back, 
it also lets you normal begin the normal summoning shenanigans during your opponent's turn. Yeah, so something that you might actually have to consider doing here activate or set Harpy's Featherstorm on your turn and then at the beginning of your opponent's turn you can activate Harpy's Featherstorm to where until the end of the turn negate any monster effect your opponent activates that's pretty good so they can still activate the effects but they're all negated and then even if you even if you can do all your stuff and they can't nibiru you on their turn which doesn't sound like something that you would have to think about but with this many effects that you let you summon on your opponent's turn it is absolutely something you need to think about oh yeah oh yeah but uh, but i mean if you're doing it with the field spell I would wait until your opponent's got a pretty good board going and then start doing your stuff because then yeah. they're probably not. There's less of a chance of them deciding to Nibiru, to to, uh, to drop a nib on you. And even if they do, rock. you can reply to it with Harpy's Feather Storm. Exactly, and just keep going. Um, and then there, and then lastly, the counter trap, Flunderies and the Scary Sea. Um, you can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. Hard ones per turn on this. Good. If you control a face-up tribute summon monster and you, and no special summon monsters, so monarchs can use this. Right. Um, anytime your opponent would special summon a monster, your po- oh here we go. Uh, if you control a face-up tribute monster, blah blah blah, your and your opponent would special summon a monster or monsters, your opponent cannot special summon monsters for the rest of this turn. But they can conduct three normal summons or sets this turn, not just one. Negate the summon, return the monster to hand. Okay, so here's the thing. This, these cards are good. It's just the truth. These cards are good. It it makes me go, this can't be the same company that printed War Rocks. Oh, yeah. The cards are good. And... And look right here, look, hold on. There's one more card that we need to talk about. This was actually made in a separate post. This is released separately. It is also very re- relevant. It is a normal spell card called Wing Requital. Yes, that's is... coming in the OCG and the... The Animation Chronicle. Yes. So um... this will get released close to the yeah. same amount of time. So uh, you can only activate one card with this card's name once per turn. Uh, if you control two or more monsters with different original names and no non-winged beast monsters... Pay 600 life points, draw two cards. It's literally just Pot of Greed. Pay 600, Pot of Greed. For this deck, it is 100% just pay 600, Pot of Greed. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're Winged Beasts, it's Pot of Greed, which is insane to me. Oh, yeah, no, that, oh, yeah like, like for this deck, that's going to be a mandatory three of right out the gate. Okay, here's the thing. It's crazy to me that... We could have set after set after set with underwhelming cards. Phantom Rage was saved by Tri Brigade and Virtual World. After that, we've got Lightning, uh, Lightning Arm, Arm Dragon Thunder, trash. You've got War Rocks, trash. Wonderful artwork. I'm not going to knock the artwork. Great artwork. Trash effects. Yeah. What was what were some of the other archetypes released recently? Uh, okay, let's see. There was a new Rose Dragon support. Garbage. Uh, amazements have some potential, potential, but, but for it, right now, yeah, it is yet to be seen. Yeah. Um, but this, 
these are cards that you look at them and you go, hey, that's really good immediately. Granted, we may not get them until next year. Yeah. Um, but based on, but based on the rarity, the OCG rarities, we're looking at an ultra, a rare, and then everything else is super or common. Yeah. Okay. OCG rarities, which means we're going to get multiple secret rares. Possibly. Like the only card that I could foresee being a secret is Rabina. And that's the rare over there. My only counter to that is when was the last time Konami ever I implore you to give me one Beast, Beast Warrior, or Winged Beast archetype that came out of the original set in max rarity. Tons of secrets, tons of ultras. Everyone that I can think of came mostly as commons and rares. Mm-hmm. Tri Brigade had one ultra, mm-hmm. and the, the, the Link 4 was a secret, which I might add are not hyper expensive. They're not that bad. Oh, yeah, no, I'm th- yeah, no, comparatively. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. This is going to be all super low rarity anyway. A bunch of comments, one or two supers. Like, even back to the beginning, Glad Beasts, I think, had one maybe high rarity card. You've got Black Wings. They were uh, all th- low rarity except actually, for Armor Master. Yeah, actually, I think the be- I think the um, the Glad Beasts had a uh, ten secret, and like that was the highest rarity card at the time. Yeah, I I, I mean, it's crazy. Um, I really can't think of any Beast Beast Warrior Winged Beast decks. Fire Fist were low rarity for the I, time. I should specify. Ar- we should probably specify archetypes, not individual cards. Yeah, because Alpha would one hundred percent. Immediately debunk that. Well, also, if I had to guess, I can't. I don't know this for a fact. I was not in the game at the time. Dryden has only ever come as a secret rare. Yes. And I think it's only got printings in the original set, and um, a mega pack. Yes. So Dryden, Dryden may have been rather expensive. I think Broadbill was also a secret. So. The Zodiacs yeah. specifically may have been higher rarity, but when you think about it, well, I guess Chalkanine, Thoroughblade, Chalkanine, Thoroughblade, Tiger Mortar were all ultras. Yeah, Zodiac I, may be the only really high rarity Beast Beast Warrior Winged Beast archetype we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, but they were exclusively Beast Warriors. Aren't right. They? Yeah, yeah. 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 But like, no, the, they definitely are. Yeah, but this is an exclusively Winged Beast archetype. Right. Very exclusive. Um, like I said, it's gonna be really good. Um. Especially the potential for running other cards that give you extra normal summons. Uh, My point was that, like, I, I realized, thinking back on what, everything I just said, that that sounded kind of dumb. But historically, most of these Beast Beast Warrior Wing Beast archetypes are... Low rarity. Lower rarity. I guess Zodiac is the exception to the rule because that deck is, like, one of the most broken archetypes to ever be released. Yeah. But you also got to remember that an exception to the rule just proves the rule exists. That's fair. That's fair. I never thought about it that way, but that's fair. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh, yeah, but like something else that that I that I've thought of is the possibility of uh the possibility of off of um Impen's effect, the one that lets you get three normal summons. Yeah. There are no limits to those normal summons. I mean, yeah. So there's possibility splash other things in with Yeah, it. so there's possibility of Genzo, other Monarchs, possibly Obelisk. Yeah. You know, or obelisk life or raw, it's gonna be obelisk. If anyone runs any of them, it's gonna be obelisk. Yeah. Um. And then you could do the new god card support that's coming out next week. Very possibly, very possibly. And in that case, you could also run slifer or raw. And then the um the new card that makes him playable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that. 
there's potential with those extra two normal summons that you get off of M-Pen. Yeah. Um, there's, but, a, there's a few cards, though, that um, kind of make support cards that are just generic Wing and Beast support cards. You have cards like Icarus Attack. That card mm-hmm. will always be powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, especially considering in this particular archetype, you could flip an Icarus and destroy it. And when it's destroyed, it banishes itself, which you could use to proc more effects. Exactly. Uh, now, granted, Icarus Attack is targeted destruction, which has its own part problems, but it's not two monsters, it's two cards. Right. You can pop back row with it. Um, if you absolutely had to, you could activate Icarus Attack, target itself. Yeah, so... If you absolutely had to. Yeah, and then you've also got Harpy's Feather Storm, which we talked about. Yeah. Quill Pen of Goldos. I've yep. never heard of this, but you put it on here. Okay, okay, so it's a normal spell card. Uh, target two one monster in the graveyard and one on the field. Uh, the two that are in the graveyard get shuffled back in the deck, and the one on field comes back to your hand. Okay, so it, I guess it could potentially let you... Uh, well, you can't really play this, because they won't have anything in the graveyard. It's to recur your non... Arc, your non uh flunderese stuff. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, and then it would actually cause if you uh, if your field target was a flunderese, it would just get banished. Okay. And you could just continue on with your stuff because you have cause it's it's primarily to recur your wind attribute non flunderese stuff. Same right. thing with salvage, which is for water. Uh, there's aqua mirror cycle as well. Right. Uh, which is the uh goldos, but it's a trap card and does with water. Yeah. Also, it returns the one on field to the deck and the two waters to hand. You could also run Fury of Kariushin, which searches Tori, and then you can banish from the graveyard to protect a water monster. Yep. And here's the ones that really are just so brutal. Real quick, before we get to those, just real quick, I want to mention, if you notice that the in-archetype stuff doesn't give a flying care in the world <laughs> <laughs> um, about the graveyard... This this deck does not care about your opponent's macrocosmos. It does not care about dimensional fissure. It does not care about necro valley. It does yep. not care about dimensional shifter. So you could run all of these. Yeah, you could literally run all of the graveyard centric uh, floodgates. Floodgates, and the deck just gets happy about it. It does not care. Your opponent flips macrocosmos. You just stare at them with a smile and go, "Good." It's so toxic. I okay. <laughs> now that we've told you. About all the cards in the archetype and around it that you that are like compatible here, I hate this. I just want to say I'm t- I'm, not, I'm happy that they're printing good cards. It's always a welcome thing to see playable cards come about because otherwise we're just stuck in the same format forever. But yeah, dude, um, searchable floodgates, summoning floodgates, so making I agree. the deck extremely compatible with annoying floodgates. Ugh. Well, I don't think it's good for the game. Like, uh, like, if it wasn't for the Floodgate stuff, I would absolutely adore this deck. Right. But it just... It's flood de- it's Floodgate the deck. Um, right. I don't care about you stopping my normal summons. I don't care about the graveyard, so I can run all the graveyard Floodgates. Right. Um, I don't care about your field effects. Sure, negate one... You know, sure, you'll negate my first one. But if you do that, I just get the effect... I just get a different effect off and keep going. Even realistically, if you have an, another normal summon to follow it up with, a card like Torrential Tribute doesn't even hurt you because you can send all your love, you can banish all your level ones after they get torrentialed, and then normal summon again and just bring them all back to your hand. And rinse repeat at Infantium. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, you know this is absolutely ridiculous. Like the only, like the only thing I can think of this that can really 
counter this deck is Zombie World by itself just auto just hard counters this deck and they can't do anything about it unless they have a way to pop it. Yes. Which the easiest way to do that I can think of is Harpy's Hunting Ground. Uh, the other thing I would actually work is it might actually be banned is Imperial Iron Wall. Yeah, yeah, Imperial Iron Wall will do it. That would force them into the graveyard because um, you can't banish. Again, right. they have to pop it. Um, yep. Again, Harpy's Hunting Ground, Icarus Attack. Etc. Um, what else? If you stop their initial normal summon by solemn by Solomon by soloming it, yeah, yeah, the monster gets banished. But then they have to have their field spell to in, in order to conduct as another normal summon to keep going. Lancia, Lancia would also stop this deck real hard. Uh, Droll and Lockbird would stop this deck pretty hard. But would it? Yeah, because all the searching and stuff. Is it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, it would keep them from just straight up going plus. I guess it would work because everything goes to their hand because they don't special summon anything. The goal is not to special summon; it's to summon five times in a turn. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, this deck just does not care about a lot of things, but there's also a lot of can things. You that can you get stop it. into your boss monster with negation? Can you get there in less than five summons? If it's uh, it depends on your hand. Like my initial thought is. Normal summon Rabina, effect to add Eaglin, effect to normal summon Eaglin, effect of Eaglin, search for, let's say, Impen, tribute them both off to normal summon your Impen. Yeah, okay, so you can get there. And three summons, Impen or uh, Snowl, whichever one, depending upon what your opponent's board is. And that's just with Rabina in hand. Yeah, okay. Um... Let's move on. The last card we want to talk about that needs to be announced is Speedroid Scratch, another Speedroid support card, a normal spell card. Which will also be in the Animation Chronicle. Yeah, hard once per turn. You can send one Speedroid card from your deck, from your hand to your graveyard, add a Speedroid monster from deck to hand. That's really good. Oh yeah, now that's just a generically good searcher. Yeah. It's a pseudo-rota for Speedroids. Yeah, that's pretty good. As if they needed that. <laughs> right, right. Um... You know what? I'm glad for them for those speedroid players who have been waiting for this card. They finally get it, um, and I hope they they get full use out of it. Yep. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah, that's pretty much it on the uh, new releases. Let's move on into the extravaganza talk. All right, so we had I think was it three extravaganzas over the weekend? I think um, it's it's all the extravaganzas I will find the top lists for anyway. Yeah, we. Honestly, we should have talked about this in last a week ago, last Friday's episode, but we had no clue these were happening. We it was I, not even on our radar. I learned this was happening the day it happened. Yeah, we we learned when they started posting deck lists, and we were like, "Whoa, what is oh, this?" Oh no, no! Like I learned the Saturday it was happening that it was happening. I was like, "Oh no, we missed our chance on that." I didn't even know. We were at Locals all day. I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got home that Saturday and, fi- and learned. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I had no idea. Okay, so first off, we have top eight in the uh, Benelux, which is over the Netherlands. Right. I think this one only cut to top eight because I think yeah. they only had, like, it didn't 60 ha- players or something. Yeah, it didn't have near as many people. It's a small market. Yeah. Um. So, uh, eighth place was Paleozoic. Hey, he called it. Yeah. Uh, number seven was Scrap Dino. Of course. Number six was Invoke Shadal Dogmatica. Yep. Number five and four were both Drytron. Shout out to Tatsum. He is a Twitch streamer. We will have a link to his stuff below. He has topped every Benelux extravaganza now. He is from the Netherlands. He is a very good player. And he is at... 
I want to say... I, I, I'm pretty sure he's one of these Drytron players. That's why I bring him up. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, third place was Invoke Shadal Dogmatica again. Uh, second place was Pure Tri Brigade. It was, it was Pure? Yeah. And, number, and first was Pure Zoo. Interesting that both of those went Pure. I know. You, you don't see that ever. Um, Not anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I was expecting more Dino, really. But, again, it's probably because they only cut to top 8 instead of top 16. Right. Um, then we have UK top 16. Uh, 16th, you got Zoo Brigade, Chamber Dragon Link, Pure Dino, Ed Ignister. Yeah, we're at, going from the bottom up. Yeah, Ed Ignister at, at 13th 13. place. Zoo Brigade at 12, Chamber Dragon Link at 11, Zoo Brigade at 10, Drytron at 9, Altergeist at 8, Cat Zoo Brigade it's, at it's Zoo 7. Br- yeah, it's Zoo Brigade running Rescue Cat. Which is, well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Six is Zoo Lich, five is Tri Zoo, so it, Zoo Brigade. Zoo Brigade. Four, Drytron slash Pure Zoo. Oh, okay, so, okay, here's the thing. When we look, when we found everything here, we found all the numbers, but we couldn't figure out which one was two and which ones were four. So, we knew how many of each deck was in. Yeah. So, four and two are Drytron and Pure Zoo, but we, we don't, don't know yeah. which is which. Three was Scrap Dino and one was Zoo Brigade, though. Yeah. Uh, so that's... Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's the UK. Yeah, and then uh, over in Germany, top 16, we have Drytron down at 16, Pure Tri-Brigade, uh, Chamber Dragon Link, Zoo Brigade, Sub-Terror, Invoke Shadal Dogmatica, Zoo Brigade, Pure Zoo, Scrap Dino, another Chamber Dragon Link, Zoo Brigade, Zoo Brigade, Drytron, third place, MIT. Love it. Um, And then number two was Sub-Terror, first place, Drytron. Okay, so... Let's I, do... I think move I think move beta Fafnir was exactly what they needed. <laughs> well, and Diviner. Diviner's insane. Diviner and move beta Fafnir. Diviner gives them the ability to go into Beatrice, which is wild. Yeah, like that's I mean Beatrice by itself is a ridiculous card, even in uh even in uh Burning Abyss, even though they don't get her effect off. I mean, you can hit Beatrice in the uh, MIT deck, the Machina Infinitrack deck. You can actually hit Beatrice in that deck, in that deck, fairly easily, and then you can just use it to extend. That that is funky and ridiculous. Uh, but back up to that uh, Cat Zoo Brigade. So, Rescue Cat with Zoo Brigade. This is an interesting concept to me. This is something that I've played around with. I have the deck built. It's something that I've considered. And the thing that I keep coming back to is, yes, it is a one-card starter. If you do not already, if you have a hand where you don't have to commit to a normal summon except for the cat, and you can extend without the normal summon, then it's great. You can use a normal summon to soak something up, maybe a Book of Moon, whatever, and then just extend through it. But otherwise, it is one of those cards where if it does not resolve and it gets like Book of Moon then it can kind of become an issue and a liability. It kind of has the same issue the deck already had. However, if it resolves, you win. <laughs> you it. just win. That's it. You. I mean, first off, you want out the style points for activating Rescue Cat. Yeah. In, so, 20, in the year of our Lord 2021. Yeah, the concept is normal summon Rescue Cat, activate, grab one kit, one Karas, then... You can link them off for either Fairjeet or Bear Brahmin, depending on what you have in your hand. If you have another Tri-Brigade in your hand, I would go Fairjeet. If you don't, I would probably go Bear Brahmin. Then you can trigger Kit. Kit send Nerval. Nerval activate. Grab a Karas. Use Karas. Special Summon. Your graveyard's loaded. You've got stuff on field. 
and you're just you're cracked, bro. You can activate Karas, go into something else, link the Karas and the Bear Bromoff, go into Rugal the Silver Sheller, use Karas, search out the Tribrigade Revolt, and then you have a Shirag Dalmas Omen play for next turn. And the most important thing is that you can get there with less monsters because for example, if you have the Bear Brum out and the Karas, you can activate Karas go into three for the Samorg barrier statue play and then when your opponent goes to run over the barrier statue you can let him run it over and then as soon as the barrier statue is dead you can flip revolt summon the bear brum back and two others link off into shrag banish the one monster that they had on their field and then you can uh on res, you can, like, if you did a kit and a nerval and the bear brum, you get uh, chain link one can be nerval to add one to hand. Chain link two can be bear brum to get a revolt. Chain link three can be uh, shirag to banish, and chain link four can be kit to foolish another. So you can literally resolve all those effects again. The only thing you have to remember is I watched a video about this today. This is a good point. If you activate tri brigade revolt. You have to make sure that when the this is goes for you, your opponent, if you're in a tournament and you're playing against a Zubrigade, keep an eye out for this. You have to... So if you try to summon, say, a Rugal or a Bear Brom or a Fergeet off of the Revolt, they have to have been properly special summoned first. So if they activate an effect, summon, say, a Fergeet, and then link the Fergeet off, they cannot bring that Fergeet back with Revolt. Because it wasn't properly linked summoned, it was cheated out. Exactly. So, you have to have a properly special summoned monster to use it in Revolt. So, that's something to think about. But, the deck has a lot of plays. I'm not surprised that people are experimenting with Rescue Cat. It's an instant starter. And, it, it's a one card... One and a half, really, because you have to have another Beast Beast Warrior Winged Beast in your hand to make it happen. But it's essentially like a one card. You could potentially just win the game right there. Oh, very possibly. Again, if your opponent doesn't uh, Solemn Strike. But then that's Solemn Strike that something else doesn't have to absorb. Right. And if you don't have a Bear Brum on field, if you have Karas and a Link 3 like Rugal, you can just have... You can go into Appaloosa. Yeah. So... Uh, that's yeah. That that's something. Jesus. Yeah, you because it revolt. Okay, hold on. Wait, let me think about this. Bear Brum will lock you in once it's already used its effect into Tri Brigade monsters. But until you do that, you're only locked into using Beast Beast Warrior Winged Beast as material, not into summoning them. So you can use them as material to summon something like an Opelousa. Yeah, or or an Axis Code if you're going for game. Yeah. Do you have another big takeaway to take from this other than, um, I know you, you mentioned the Cat Zubrigade. Is there anything else that sticks out to you? Uh, the random Altergeist, but, I mean, Altergeist just kind of randomly pops up every once in a while anyway. It's just kind of what the deck does. There's two takeaways that I have from this, two things that I found really interesting when you look at just just the, the decks that are represented here. There's a lot of Drytron here. Yeah. You've got two in Benelux... Um, one, two, only two in the UK, three. and then, is it three in UK? Yeah, you got second or, th- you got second or fourth. Which is one. 
Because uh, it's one or the other, not Okay, both. yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem like... Okay, yeah, that, yeah. I, I got confused there. And then Germany has one, two, three. So, you know, five in such a small sample size, 40, five out of 40. Yeah. That's not a small amount. That's, you know, an eighth of the field. Yeah, that... that, that I mean, apparently, uh, yeah, obviously, Mubeta, Fafnir, and Diviner were good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's there's more Drytron represented than Dragon Link. So... Yeah. Clearly, even without Ben 10, or with with Ben 10 limited down to one, and without Union Carrier, the deck is still deadly. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, it's definitely something you got to prepare for. But, like, right. how do you even prepare for that kind of deck without also shutting yourself down? Droll. Droll. <laughs> the deck really hurts. Droll really hurts that deck. So does Imperial um, Order. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Imperial Order. Uh, another card I can think of off the top of my head, just... Going through old cards is a uh, light imprisoning mirror. If you're not running lights in your deck, yeah, just something like that would probably work. Yeah, solemn strike, judgment, torrential, torrential. You just have to be careful when you do something like a torrential because you have to let them get far enough where they're getting in without them having the heralds of perfection yes. or ultimateness up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be very cognizant of when they're about to drop a herald. Yeah, and you got a Tory. Right before they drop a herald, because once they once that herald's out, Torrent is turned off. Yeah, you got to be really careful. Unless you set two, and then Tori negate Tori. Yeah. The other thing that I want to talk about here is we've only got three scrap dinos in the entire set, and I think there's a really good reason for this. Is that people just don't have everything they need for the deck, or they haven't learned the deck well enough, and they're not confident enough with it. To where they feel they can take it into an extravaganza and top. Yo, yo Konami, where's them scrap Kamara reprints at? You know, now that I've offloaded all my copies of it, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, now that, yeah, yeah, of, co- of course, of course. So, I think that's the reason that you see one pure dino and then you see some uh, scrap dino builds. I, I think a lot of it has to do with people just not being comfortable with the deck yet. Um,. I see there's four Dragon Links, which is not a ton. All of them are Chamber. Yeah. As per usual. Yeah, I'm not surprised at this. I think a lot of that... So, it's so funny. We keep saying over and over and over that Dragon Link is the best deck. Dragon Link's one of the best decks in the meta. And time and time again, the representation numbers really don't reflect that like you would think they would. But I think that's because... Everybody is siding heavily or maining cards specifically for Dragonlink. Oh, yeah. Nibiru's. Dark Ruler No More. Imperial Order. Forbidden Drip. No Ash Blossom. There are people not maining Ash Blossom. Not maybe maybe in the side deck, which Ash Blossom's a great card, but oh, yeah. it's underwhelming in the Dragonlink matchup. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Like, like, there's still plenty of people who are maining it, but... They're doing that with the assumption that if I go up against Dragon Link, I'm probably going to lose game one because I have Ash, not something else. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to me that... So I main deck Ash, and the reason is the card's useful and versatile enough that it can potentially win you games in so many different matchups that I feel like it's too important not to run, but at the same time... If you go up against Dragon Link, you're probably going to lose... Like I said, you're probably going to lose game one. Not necessarily you're going to lose game one, but it can be underwhelming. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, Dragon Link's definitely one of those decks where you've got to have two hand traps to stop it. Yeah. But At least. But, I mean, what deck doesn't just get drolled and followed up with a Nibiru and just cry? 
Um, I think it's interesting that there's two sub-terrors in the top 16 in Germany. Definitely. That that surprised me. And then there's another one. And then, yeah, that's that's just ridiculous. I think that a lot of that's because they can run Summon Limit Antique Booth. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. <sighs> Floodgate.deck. And that's why nobody likes playing against them. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure there are some sub-terror players that don't like playing the deck. Nah, they love it. Um, it's kind of like me playing Invoke, uh, Shadal. <laughs> I just didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I think the only other thing to talk about is obviously there's an overwhelming amount of Invoke Shadal Dogmat. I mean, uh, not Invoke Shadal. There's actually not a lot of that. There's only two or three of them. Yeah. Or, or three or four. I, th- uh, I meant to say Tri Brigade, Zodiac, and, you know, Zoo Brigade, obviously. Yeah. Also, something also noticed is a very distinct lack of Eldritch. Yeah, by distinct lack, zero. Not one. No, there was one. Zulich. There was a Zulich. Oh, you're right. Okay, so there's one that got sixth place in the UK. Yeah, and that's it. I think people have just learned how to play around the engine. Um, the engine's too slow. It's not that it's a bad engine. It goes forever. The problem is it's just really slow. Which is fair, uh, particularly with this, the meta did slow down there for a while, but it's definitely yeah. picking back up. The cool thing about VFD and the format was that it slowed the format down so much that decks like Eldritch were still more playable and more competitive. And I'm not saying that you can't be competitive with an Eldritch deck. Obviously, if one can get top cut, multiple can get top cut. And if multiple can get top cut, then the deck is can very much so be relevant. But... When you move into such a high-speed meta where it's harder to play control, you have to understand that, sure, you can play the right tech cards, counter the meta all you want, but against a deck like Zoo Brigade, where they say, cool, you outed my board, that's awesome. I'll just put it back up again. Right, because it's a mid-range deck, and that's what they do. They build the same boards over and over and over. Yeah, and like you can't out the same board three times in a row with with your very limited control draw power, you're gonna have you're gonna have a bad time. And the issue is that yes, your engine, like like we said, can go and go and go. But about the time that second or third Eldritch gets banished off of Shurag, and about the time your engine starts grinding to a halt. And I'm still able to consistently pump out these crazy boards. I mean, I understand that the goal of Eldritch is to out-advantage you. And I respect that. But I think in this exact format that we're in right now, with so many mid-range decks, and so many decks that even if you out their board, they can turn around the next turn and build a new board, it makes it really difficult to play Eldritch. Oh, yeah. Uh, so some one other thing I want to I want point I out. I like that observation though. Oh yeah, one other thing I want to point out is thirteenth place at Ignister. Um, apparently Dark Infant was really good. It definitely helped the deck. I think they're still solving it, but it definitely helped. Yeah. The deck. Oh yeah. No, they're definitely still solving it. But I mean, <clears throat> but I mean, because that Dark Infant helps you get into that Link Six, the only Link Six in the game, I think. Um, and you know, if you get him on the board, Jesus. If your opponent yeah, is pretty good. Yeah. If your opponent can't solve him, strike it right there. Uh, that might be game over. Yeah, I added one one time in the most hilarious way possible. So we went to a, I say we, me and another friend of ours went to a rogue only tournament at shout out to Pandemonium Games uh, in New Orleans. Uh, I wanted to go to that. It was a lot of fun. 
We went, so we go to this rogue deck only tournament. They had this huge ban list. So many different cards were not allowed. Um, this was, I think, January. So, I mean, a lot of things are not even like relevant yet. Tri Brigade was already a deck, and looking back on it, we, I probably should have run Zoo Brigade. It was all legal at the time, except for Kit and Bear Brum were not out, which are really integral parts of the deck. But the deck was still playable. In fact, I had a friend that, my friend that I went with, he played uh, Firefish Tri Brigade, which is hilarious and fun a thing it's a thing yeah it's i mean it took all the that deck the tri-brigade engine takes all the disadvantages of the fire fist engine and it's like hey i can flood the field i'm not just fair fist anymore because i don't know if you remember that being their nickname they were just too fair so people called it fair fist yeah i i remember yeah and it makes it unfair so you know but the thing that the thing I was going to say was, in that tournament, I played against an Adagnister player without all this new support and stuff. And he put out that dude on me. 6,000 mm. attack. The whole nine. Mm. What I did Oof. was, I was playing Fluffle. <laughs> a, I have a long, listen, I have a long and storied history of really enjoying that Fluffle deck. Hey, Fluffles are fun. What I did was, I, I opened the nuts... When I say I opened the... I mean, my hand was insane. I had a dude walk by me, look at my hand, and go... And tell my opponent, hey, you're about to lose. <laughs> I swear. The dude was sitting on the side waiting to make a deal with me. And while he's sitting there waiting, he looks at my opponent and goes, man, that card's pretty good. Looks at my hand and goes, shame. You're about to lose, though. Because it was the only card he had left. He used all of his resources to get out. He had no cards in hand, no cards on field except this guy. So what I did was I go full board, full combo. I go hard in the paint. By the end, I've got three cards left in hand. And I've still got, still got, I have the Fright for Sabretooth. Or whichever one the whichever one it is that can attack as many times as materials you used. Mm-hmm. So he's got like 2,000 or 2,200 attack. I use like five materials. That way he can attack like five times. <laughs> and then I made a Boral Sword. I swung into him. And because he has 6,000 attack, Boral Sword gained 3k. Yeah. So. They crashed. They crashed at 6k And each. they just. Bat, 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 just yes, bash, exactly. bash, bash. Just the same So dude. what's funny though is that card doesn't lose half of his attack. Yeah. But Borosword still gains the 3K. Yep. So they were both, instead of me hitting him direct for 6K, or, I mean, hitting him direct for 3K, I just crashed, and then I had my Sabretooth to, to attack him five times for game. It was one of my favorite moments. I, my turn took literally probably 12 or 13 minutes because my combo, his combo was so long, and then my combo was so long, we didn't go to game two. It was two turns. The whole me- the whole game was two turns, and we did not go to game two until probably 25 minutes into the round. Jesus. But but hey, you heard it here, folks. That's how you can out the Link 6. Make a Boral Sword Dragon Crash. It's pretty good, though. I mean, you could also just uh, Super Poly. No, I don't think you can. No? He's unaffected by... Is it card effects or monster effects? Uh, I think it's card effects. Oh, if it's card effects, that's all you can really do. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's good. Uh, there's a reason why he's Link 6. Right. So this is what will lead us into this weekend is the Invitational for North America. Oh, yeah. We will bring you the results of that. Um, Hopefully we have, Tuesday? 
yeah, in Tuesday's pod, we should have the results of that for you. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We ask you, please hit that follow, subscribe button, whatever it is, on whatever app you're listening to. Some of them say subscribe. Some of them say follow. Yeah. Follow us. It'll, you know, automatically give us a download every time we release, which is just, honestly, it's huge for us. Please make sure that, you know, you don't have to listen to it every time, but, you know, hit the follow button. Give us a download. Yeah. Um, Make sure that you follow us on Twitter and on... uh, I think we start posting everything on YouTube, so yeah, yeah. yeah be sure we, to check yeah. us out on YouTube. There yeah. will be link, link in the descriptions, right? Link all these links will be in the description for sure. Yeah. Um, we post uh, on or we post or uh, we post this podcast on YouTube, uh, but one week later, everything here is posted, and then a week later it goes up on YouTube. Right. That way you can still listen, but it acts more of as an archive than an actual yeah, you know, up to date yeah. episode. Yeah. So it's mostly a par- archive, but then later if we start doing some YouTube stuff, we'll throw that some videos, actual video stuff. We'll throw that on there too. Right. So we hope to move into that one day in the future, but for now, thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for being here for us, for supporting us, for supporting our dream. It means a lot. Oh, you, you have no idea how much it means. <laughs> yeah. We, we just hit 300 listens yep. total on the podcast, which I understand is not a ton, but for us, it is huge. It I, is. I was expecting us to get at this point like a year from now. Yeah. If I, that. It's, we've gotten a lot of love. We've had several people reach out to us that like the show. Um, we, we love it when listeners reach out to us. We love hearing the things that you love about the podcast, the things you don't like. We, we are open to all criticism. And we're always looking for something to add to our repertoire. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So well, Let's like, get better mics. We're working on it. Yeah, hey, as, as soon as we can get tons and tons of listens and more sponsorships, we can get better audio equipment. <laughs> oh, yeah, de- most definitely. First thing we plan on replacing is our mics. Yeah. But, but it is what it is. Yeah. Thank you all again. We hope you all have a wonderful day, evening, whatever time you're listening to this. We hope... The rest of it is wonderful for you, and good luck at uh, a lot of the locals are opening back up. Good luck. Oh, yeah. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.